I'm very happy this morning to get to welcome back our old friend, Father Henry Bordeaux, who is a Carmelite priest. He's the uncle of our friend, Cat Harrison, and had a little bit of shoulder trouble and is staying with the Harrisons right now while he recuperates. And it's just so good to have him here with us today and can celebrating. And I just have to say, as he sports this awesome new beard, I feel like I'm up here with Padre Pio. It's just fantastic. And it's so good to have you here, Father Henry. Thank you for being with us this morning. So I got to tell you, and I'm sure Father Henry's never fallen into this trap, but I know I have, and I think many people have as well. There's a misconception when you read the Gospels about the Pharisees themselves. When you look at the Gospel today and a lot of the encounters that Jesus has with the Pharisees as they debate back and forth about the law, it's easy to think about them as Those are the guys who are following the law all the way, right? They're doing everything that the law tells you to do, all the way to the fullest. They're the ones who are really living it in its purity. And then here comes Jesus. You know, he's like, hey, just relax. You know, the law isn't as important. Just kind of take it easy. I mean, look at the gospel today. As the Pharisees point out these little details about what's going on with the disciples. I mean, They're paying attention even to the fact that they're not washing their hands and they're concerned about, you know, the washing of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. And my goodness, you know, that looks like they are really focused on just the quickest minutia, just everything about the law. Now, to be fair, very often it's easy to just sort of paint the Pharisees with a broad brush, which isn't really fair, and in fact, the Gospels don't even really do that. I mean, there's some examples of some very good ones, like Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus by night, and he's really struggling to understand what's going on, or Joseph of Arimathea, who gives to Jesus his tomb for Jesus to be laid in. But very often, you know, you see these, they look like rigorous just law defenders, these Pharisees who debate with Jesus, and especially in a gospel like this one today. But the fact of the matter is, if you really get down to it, the Pharisees were very often looking for loopholes and ways to kind of go about things with the law in the easiest possible way. And if you look at this gospel today, in all reality, it's right in front of us plain to see but it's easy to look right over it. And I'll give you an example. Now, we're presented today with like two different ways of living this out, right? You have Jesus who says this, from within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, and folly. Our Lord is saying, folks, You've got to root this stuff out. You've got to go into your heart, to the very depths of your being, and all of these things, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly, they must be rooted out from you. It's either that or wash your hands. Which one is harder to do, right? I mean, if I'm given that choice, I'm going to go for the latter because it's so much easier to wash your hands, right? Then to go to the very depths of your soul and root out evil deliberations. I mean, this evil thoughts in Greek, it's like this word, it's like dialogoismoi. It's like like a dialogue going on inside of you. Like all of these evil things that are there. And Jesus wants us to root them out. He's not content with just, you know, a nice shiny appearance. And we all know that that's what we really want, right? Like if you're going to go buy a car 
And the salesman is like, hey, take a look at this one. It is the cleanest one on the whole lot. I'm like, yeah, it looks really good. Can I see under the hood? It is the cleanest one on the whole lot. You don't want to see under the hood. You know, if you hear that, you should be suspicious because there's something not quite right. If it's just the appearance, right? Our Lord tells us about this when David is being called, that man sees the appearance, but God sees the heart. And what our Lord ultimately wants for us is for our hearts to be completely in union with him. And you see it foretold in the first reading. The book of Deuteronomy, the second law, is what the word Deuteronomy even means. And at this point in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the chosen people have fallen all over themselves, right? They keep falling time and time again. And yet... God keeps offering this way to be close, gives them the law so that they, all the nations can see that God is closer to them than any other nation. And when you think about that, that's the greatest fulfillment of all, right? It's not just about having an awesome military and taking over things, because still, there's individuals who have hearts who can still fall to the side and bad things can happen. What God wants is to be in the midst of everything. He wants us to give him our whole hearts. Which is ultimately easier, to wash your hands or to take care of what's going on in the heart? Now, let's be honest here. It's difficult, right? It's difficult to do what our Lord is asking us to do. I mean, you look at the Pharisees, it's understandable. When you're presented with a difficult task, it's so much easier to do something that is easier to do. Think about this. Anybody who's been a student, right? You think about when you're getting on towards finals week. At least for me, when I was in college, that's when my room was its cleanest. Because it'd be like, I have this huge paper to write. I got to finish studying for this test. My goodness, my room is dirty. It is just time to get this clean, right? And instead of doing the hard work I need to do, I get to finally cleaning up my room because that's important. Now, having a clean room is not a bad thing, nor is having clean hands. But that's not the task that's at hand. And that's not what our Lord wants. He doesn't want the mere appearance. He wants it to go all the way to the very depths of our hearts. He wants us to give him our all, to be like him. I don't know if you've seen this, this trend, and I'm sure you have, but you know, we just started back to school over the last couple weeks, everybody from all over the place. We've been in school here at Sacred Heart for a week and a half. And one thing I love right now is I get these pictures from my niece and my nephews, and the new custom, I'm sure you've seen it, where they have like a stat sheet thing in front of them about, you know, the year, what grade they're in, and all this kind of stuff. One of my favorite things on the sheet is it says what I want to be when I grow up. My brother Rob's son, Owen, my nephew, wrote down he wants to be a speech pathologist, which is what my sister-in-law, Chris, is. It's wonderful. I'm happy for him that he wants to imitate his mom. My nephew, Thomas, wrote down he wants to be a cowboy, which is great, you know? I mean, who doesn't want to be a cowboy, right? Go out west and all that fun stuff. My godson, my four-year-old nephew, Matthew, wrote down what I want to be when I grow up? Jesus. Not even kidding. It's so awesome. I'll post it on Facebook later today. He wrote down he wants to be Jesus. Now, the beautiful thing is, I mean, Matthew, I mean, he's setting his his goal really high, right? But at the end of the day, when you look at the writings of St. Paul, what does he say at one point? It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
our Lord wants us to have him at the very heart of everything. He wants us to become saints. And apparently his older sister and brothers are saying, you mean you want to be a saint? He said, no, I want to be Jesus, which is good, right? Because ultimately it's the beauty of our faith is that yes, we have a diversity of characteristics and talents. Father is a Carmelite. I am a diocesan priest. But at the heart of it all, is striving to have Christ at the heart of everything, to have him shine out from within us. As should happen in this church, when you're outside at night and the lights are on, you see the light shining out through the stained glass windows. St. Anthony is different than St. Peter, who's different than St. Therese, and yet it's the same light that shines out from within. And God wants us to get at the good work of having that light within us, that light that is him. And that's why he's so frustrated with the Pharisees. You know, it's like they're they're paying attention to these little, you know, things on the outside. Not that it's not important to wash your hands. But at the end of the day, he doesn't want us to be, as St. James says, merely hearers, but doers. He wants us to get at the hard work of becoming a saint. And he doesn't want us to merely honor him with our lips, but to have our hearts close to him. Is that difficult? You bet. It's not an easy thing to get underway. He's calling us to the heights. I mean, we are surrounded by all of these evil deliberations. One more time through the list. Unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. They're there, right? We have thousands of thoughts every day. We have stuff coming at us all the time. It's hard to work at getting the seeds of those things out of us. And if we're all by ourselves to do it, it's impossible. But the beautiful news for us is he wants our hearts to be close to him. And what has he given us to do that? The sacraments. And in particular, the main two, confession. To come to him, to offer to him our hearts. Not to hide anything, but to say, I'm having trouble with unchastity, with deceit. I want you to take this from me. And the beautiful thing is, is all we have to do is repent to go to him in that sacrament and have it washed away. And then, the source and summit of our faith, Jesus Christ himself in the Eucharist, giving us himself every time we come to Mass. Every time we present ourselves there, we say amen. He gives himself to us to shine out from within us. And unlike normal food that we turn into ourselves, when we receive him, he turns us into himself. Is that a huge and lofty goal? Absolutely. But he wants us to set off into the task of doing what he says, to have our hearts be purified, to keep them close to him, and to trust in the fact that he will help us every step of the way. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.